0: Hi, welcome back to the second Saturdays on the Prairie podcast. Week zero's happened and week one is here. I'm Kortai Vincent. I'm Stuart Yamashita. And we're here to talk about some football this week. Uh, we're going to give a look into OU versus Houston, uh, the battle of the OSUs. And we're going to talk a little bit of our idea for a toilet bowl. Uh, we're going to recap Miami versus Florida and if there should be a college football preseason. Along with that, we'll finish the episode with our weekly picks on um, the big game this week Oregon versus Auburn and what, who we like in the OU Houston and OSU game. Let's get into it.
1: All righty, let's do it. Perfect.
0: So let's start with the uh, OU-Houston game this week. We're going to be at this game, so we're going to have a lot to say when we get back from it, but I think we should start with what do we know about Houston? What do we think we're going to expect? I mean, obviously it's week one. There's not a every year in college football is a new year, but I think Houston had a relatively decent year last year, eight and five, not great. They were weak down the stretch, but... Is it Derek or DeEric King? Gotta say it's Dieric. I think it's D'Eric. We're gonna go with that, but we could be wrong. Um, he was hurt those last two games, so they're they were better than eight and five. But so yeah, what what do you think as the OU fan? What are you expecting <laughs> from Houston?
1: Well, Dieric King is gonna be lights out every time he steps on the field. One, this is his senior year. He's got all that experience. He's gonna he'll be good. He's 5'11, 195. Kind of a small guy. For right? sure, yeah. Kind he's kind of like a- Kyler Murray kind of guy, but he's stocky though. Like when you look at him, he's kind of built. He's built, but still a 5'11, still back, still buck 95. That's a little low. Mm-hmm. But he's still that kind of Kyler Murray guy, dual threat guy, an amazing passer, but he will burn you with his legs. Yeah. He averaged 271 yards per game last year of the air, about 8.6 yards per pass. He, he threw almost 3,000 yards last year. Would have had it if he didn't get injured. Yeah. 36 TDs with like six interceptions. That is a that is a great ratio. Yes. And against the OU defense, I don't think he's going to have to worry about picks. Even though Alex Grinch is all about, hey, let's go after the ball. Let's get turnovers. I don't think that he's going to have to worry about that at all. Also, though, we're supposed to be a little faster on defense, but this guy is insanely fast. He was their, he, he their second-leading rusher. He had 674 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground. He averaged six yards of carry. That's really good. That's going to be hard for that OU defense to stop. He might be the best quarterback we face to the playoffs, which is hard to say, especially playing in the Big 12. That's a hot take. That's tough. That's a big but shot at Sam Ellinger. Wow,
0: King hot take for sure. He's good. He's his stud. No, it, last year he almost had um, – 1,000 yards uh, rushing with uh, if you take out the sacks, um, which is just insane to think about. I mean, he missed the last two games. He probably would have got it. Like you said, he takes care of the football. That's a big thing, especially when you play a defense like OU because they don't get many stops when they do. It's typically turnovers. So I think that a quarterback that protects the ball but is still lethal through the air is... That's that spells a little. I don't think OU's going to lose, but it spells trouble for like Houston is going to score some points, obviously, and uh, they they return a lot of guys on offense. They have a thousand yard receiver coming back, and they have multiple seniors that combine for just they they they're going to be able to throw the ball. Their receivers are experienced, yeah. there, and they have pretty decent running game. But I think he is. I think he's going to be the leading rusher in the game. I think he's
1: really going to just ball out. Um, well, I'd say well, y- your top five receivers return. You're right there, Marquez Stevenson. He had right. over a thousand yards last yeah thousand yards last year, thirteen point six yards per catch. You got your running back coming back. Mm-hmm. He had about about nine hundred yards last year, right? So he's sort of like splitting carries with your quarterback. That's why I think he didn't get a thousand mm-hmm. yards. He's a he's a big boy, two ten or he's yeah nah, two ten five uh, five ten. Yeah, pretty solid guy. But the thing that's going to be Tough for Houston is that they don't have a defense. The only way they stay in this game is Derek King keeps that offense scoring every single drive. <laughs> Houston gave up about, they averaged 37 points a game and about 500 yards per game. No, yeah. In they... the American Athletic Conference, you're playing guys like Tulsa and Tulane. <laughs> They're they you gotta be better on defense in that conference. You're not gonna be able to stop that OU offense at all, I don't think. Maybe they're, one drive.
0: They're not gonna stop the OU offense, that's for sure. OU's probably gonna hang 50, at least 45. Um I do think though that you're undercutting the American a little bit. The American is not a great conference, but they have some they have some good like they have some good gunslingers in that conference. They, they have a a lot of decent talent. I think another big thing with Houston, I know major Applewhite was an offensive minded coach, but they've got Dana Holgerson in there and he's got that experience playing against OU coaching against OU. He knows what's going to kind of, he's going to have a better idea of this OU team than say Tom Herman did, even when they won, like Houston won that game, but now, Dana brings his experience from being the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State and being uh, the head coach at West Virginia. And I think that's going to allow them to have a better game plan. But you're right. Their defense is garbage. Like They gave up 37 points when they had Ed Oliver. Yeah. Um, the, and he's gone and they graduated a bunch of other starters. It's it's going to be a shootout and I think OU's going to put it away towards the end.
1: If you look at the the points they gave up last year, they gave 70 to Army. That's Army, insane. Army's not a high-scoring team. You should never give up 70 to Army. 52 points to Memphis. All right, Memphis is pretty good. 59 to Temple, okay. 63 to Tech. The other thing, though, is that if they have no problem scoring on Army, or sorry, scoring on Houston, then OU won't have a problem either. So I can see OU putting up that maybe, definitely 50, if not 60 points. OU's going to score. I don't know if
0: it'll be that much. I think I think Army had the benefit of Houston couldn't move the ball in that game because De'Aaron King was out. I think that their backup was, a, he really hindered their ability to hold onto the ball, score touchdowns, and keep the ball out of Army's hands. But uh, I don't know if they'll score 60. I definitely think 50's in the cards. 60's possible, I guess, but yeah, it's going to be high scoring, um, and obviously, if it's going to be high scoring, I think that means that Jalen Hurts is going to have a good game, so what are you thinking? And
1: maybe Tanner Mordecai gets in there, coming in number two, <laughs> get some uh, second string snaps. What do you think Jalen is going to look like week one? You know, Jalen should be good. I'm expecting like really good numbers, especially going up against a defense like this. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna have a lot of problems just because the defense is absolute garbage, but you know he may have some mistakes. The uh, he's obviously it he's historically bad at throwing to the left, but I mean you got you got guys out there that are gonna be able to catch the ball if you put it anywhere near them. Problem is though, CD lines up on your left. You can't throw to the left. You can't throw to your best guy. I don't think it'd be a problem. This He'll be game. able to throw to CD. I don't. He's too good to for Jalen Hurts and I say that Jalen Hurts had problems throwing to Calvin Ridley so I mean we'll see and he's gonna do well in the NFL this year as a second year oh yeah catch a patch from Matt Ryan for sure one thing that was super interesting to me though looking back at that 2016 game we lost by you know 10 points to Houston that game was uh, rough remember that one I remember where I was I remember laying on my couch after that game, just like so mad for the rest of the day. How I was you- ecstatic. My brother and I were setting up my sister's wedding, and we were just getting the play by play. we were like, "Yes!" <laughs> that was a uh, that was a tough, tough year for OU. Well, not too too tough. We went you Sled went to eleven 12, two. You went 11-2 we and, and won the Sugar. Bowl. I remember going to the Ohio State game. Being so hyped for that, I remember watching Joe Mixon run that run that uh i think it was a kickoff he he actually dropped that ball they looked at it on review and when he was running that
0: ball in the end zone he drops it on the half yard line but the refs didn't catch it nobody reviewed it they gave him
1: six it's all right i like joe mixon he's on my fantasy team this year he's gonna do well but the really interesting thing is to look back at that 2016 2016 team on houston you got greg ward quarterback He's now with the Eagles playing wide receiver. He's a great athlete. Yeah, you, you had Ed Oliver as a freshman that year. He's with the Bills now, though. He's, he's yeah. really good. And you had another guy on defense, Brendan Wilson's a safety with the Bengals. So that team, I think, was just may I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say it's completely better than it is now, but it looks, if you look at that roster it looks a little bit better it's. It's better
0: than it, it. I
1: think the OU team,
0: I shouldn't say that. OU minus the quarterback position is better this year than it was i think that year i think you you look at what they have at receiver this year it's insane the wealth of riches that they have at receiver but they had they had three five stars commit last class they have cd lamb they have grant calcaterra they are going to pop off like it's the if you think that that ou team Props to that OU team. Great team. They really got it together by the end of the season. They had Baker Mayfield. But if you take quarterback out of the equation, I think this OU team is definitely better.
1: You look at that OU team, though, I love that team. You have Mark Andrews, DD Westbrook, Baker Mayfield, Joe Mixon, Samashi P. Ryan. And if you're an OU fan, you know names like Stephen Parker, Jordan Evans, Oboe, and Emmanuel Beal. Those guys are all really good. I like all those guys. But I do agree. The team we're looking at now, is it's completely different. We are so, so good on offense. <laughs> Not our secondary, but good we'll answers. see how it goes. That's important to add. But, I mean, the team is completely different. Bob, well, yeah, Bob Stoops and Tom Herman as head coaches. Now you got Lincoln Riley and Dana Holgerson. It's, a, it's been a lot of change in the last couple of years. A little familiar matchup, but... Uh, Dana Holgerson doesn't have that West Virginia team with... Uh, with Greer, obviously, and David Sills and Gary Jennings. So we'll see if he can tear up that defense. We'll see. You were talking about the 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 talent that
0: that OU team had, and you mentioned D.D. Westbrook, and I this is just a quick point, but I think... I don't think he'll put up numbers like D.D. Westbrook did, but don't you think CeeDee Lamb is a significantly better receiver than D.D. Westbrook was? Do you think that? Uh, I know that like,
1: pulls at the yeah, heartstrings. When I the plays that DD Westbrook made, all I remember was him running those slants go routes and slants <laughs> yeah. and catching the ball <laughs> and scoring touchdowns, turning on the burners. When they're they're just long touchdowns, but C.D. Lamb is just right. he's got the, like, the so best hands. It's the hands insane. Are amazing. Like as an OSU fan,
0: I I think Tylen Wallace is better, but I can acknowledge that the way CD like CD's hands are insane that play in that UCLA game he was out of bounds and like the play was over but when he just threw his arm up last year and Norman and he just snagged that ball my jaw dropped I was like wow and I mean you were there so I'm sure it was like even better live you're just like wow that's insane so I think we've talked about Houston and you know what we're think Jalen's gonna show us but we kind of talked about this a little bit but do we think how how much do we think Houston is going to be able to keep pace with OU and will that that new Alex Grinch defense show up a little bit
1: well well i definitely got OU winning this game i think everyone does there's i don't think Houston has a chance but like i said before the only way Houston sticks with OU is if they can just keep scoring touchdowns you have to score touchdowns against yeah. this OU defense because this OU offense isn't going to stop scoring touchdowns
0: they they got to take care of the ball. If they win the turnover battle and they are efficient on offense, I definitely think they can keep this close. Um, I think this game, the line is ridiculous. We're going to talk about this later, but it's 24 and a half. And I think that's that's a little generous considering
1: the OU defense. that you, The people who made that, you... They know a lot more about football than I do. I know, but, But you know... But they got to be expecting a lot from Alex Grinch's defense. Mm -hmm. It's week one. This is his first game as the defensive coordinator. I want to expect a lot, but realistically, you can't expect a lot week one. I'm interested to see what it's going to look like, though. I think
0: it's going to give us some uh, telling signs about the future because I really think if OU gets a defense, that's so good for the Big 12. As painful as that might be for me as an OSU fan, if OU gets a defense there, they get to that Clemson, Alabama level. I think that's a couple years down the line if Grinch is successful, but that's, that's something to consider. And you know, this is our first taste of his defense. So, um, I think that's, it's pretty good for the OU Houston game. Now let's talk about the battle of the OSUs, I guess. the, two that people don't really care about, um, so Oregon State is was pretty bad last year. Pretty bad, they like were a dumpster fire. They yeah, and that might be too generous. Um, they were two and ten, but um, what are what do you think that this game? Obviously, like OSU should blow them out of the water. But what do we what do we think about
1: Oregon State? What if, if Oklahoma State does not blow? Oregon State out of the water, then I can, we can disregard OSU as a team. That's fair. Oregon State was terrible. They only won two games. They won against a bad Colorado team in yeah. overtime. Yeah. And the only other win was an FCS team, Southern Utah. <laughs> they were terrible. They only had one close loss, and it was to Nevada. But every other game, they got torched by everybody, good and bad, in the Pac-12. I they played like Oregon and it was like 55 to
0: 10 or 55 to 14 or something. It they would just go and just get their butts handed to them week in week out and uh they've been another thing is I think they've been so historically bad on defense for years. Like Oregon State hasn't been good since Mike Riley's been there when they had uh, Brandon Cooks, right? Brandon Cooks was the last time Oregon State was winning eight games. Um, So I think that it's a a good feeler out game for the quarterback situation. But I mean, if you look at this, Oregon State finished 129th of 130 FBS defenses (laughs) in points per game and total defense. They surrendered 45.7 points a game and 536.8 yards a game. That I, Those numbers are just... And you're playing in the Pac-12. You're not playing... You're playing some good teams, but they're not explosive this teams. This isn't SEC. This isn't no. an, an, anyone good. Is, you Yes, you play Oregon, and you play Washington, but they are not... They're not like you're going to play a a, a Texas Tech or an OU offense or you're playing against Tua or you're playing against Trevor. You are playing a – Justin Herbert had a down year last year and he hung 55 on you. Like, if OSU does not score 50, I will be disappointed. Especially with the explosive offense they have. Oh, yeah. Like, if Chuba doesn't get a couple hundred yards, I mean, I guess it's very feasible that Chuba could – get pulled early in the game. I know we did that a lot with Justice last year in the non-conference trying to save his legs um for the 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 conference games when we hit Big 12 season, but um like you just I I'm expecting Tylan and Shuba to put up big numbers. I think it's it's just if we don't we got to hang 50. If we don't, it's a disappointment and we got to win by at least three scores. No, nothing less.
1: And, I mean, it shouldn't matter who starts a quarterback. If e- if either guy sucks it up yeah. against Oregon State, then they... That, you, it's, so true. You got it there. That's not your quarterback. You have to be good against Oregon State. I mean, if you're bad at all... Ooh, you're going to have a rough season ahead of you. You should at least be able to just take the ball and shotgun
0: and hand it to Chuba and like we can score points. It's 45.7 points per game. 129th out of 130 qualifying teams. That is so bad that it I just it's got it's it's got to be just a shootout.
1: Definitely. We got to score so many points. Could be the worst Power Five team. Like you're worse than Kansas. You're definitely worse than Kansas. I think, yeah, a Kansas, Oregon State toilet bowl,
0: fantastic. Like I would Kansas blows them out. No, I would be there for Oh, Puka runs wild over Oregon State. Puka goes off for like 250 yards on the ground. But they should do that. They should have a toilet bowl. No, like the opposite of the college football <laughs> playoff. So So you get, your four so you get the four you get the four worst power five teams and you have them play against each other. So we're talking like Rutgers, Oregon <laughs> State, we're talking Kansas. Um
1: uh, Vanderbilt? Are we looking at Vanderbilt? No, no, no. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt a was good last year. Vanderbilt
0: was good last year. They have a really good tailback. They made a bowl Duke? last year. No, Duke. Du- don't you no, rag on my man, Daniel Jones? That's right. Daniel
1: Jones is a pretty, pretty decent guy last year. I'm um, thinking, of, um, thinking of basketball teams in Power 5 and it's not working. You know, um, yeah. Look, we could find the fourth team.
0: I don't know who it would be. We're probably just blanking. But I would be there for a Rutgers-Oregon State matchup all day. I would love to watch that. It would be so entertaining <laughs> it'd be more entertaining than half the bulls we're gonna watch anyways honestly would you rather watch clemson beat notre dame 30 to 3 or rutgers and oregon state play terrible football i think it's no question like give me rutgers and oregon state i know i'm watching exactly that's this is ridiculous so anyways you talked about the quarterback situation a little bit so i think we should shift there um I'm not asking you who you think should start. (laughs) I'm asking you who do you think will start, okay? Very different questions, all right?
1: Very different questions. (laughs) What do you think? Well, you obviously know who I want to start. I want to see Saunders play. Saunders? is Sanders. Sorry. Sanders. (laughs) There it is. Sanders. Whether I like it or not, though, Gundy's going to go with Drew Brown. I think so, too. Yeah. This is what he does. (laughs) He doesn't pick the best guy. He picks the senior guy, yeah. and Drew Brown's the senior guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I think I think it's a similar situation
0: to um, when we had Clint Shelf and J.W. Walsh. Now, these mm. two men are very near and dear to my heart. Clint Shelf more than J.W. Walsh. Clint Shelf is my favorite Oklahoma State football player um, of all time. <laughs> He's a great Twitter follow, too. If you don't follow J.W. Walsh's, t- or sorry, Clint Shelf's Twitter, you're missing out. He is so entertaining. He's He hasn't tweeted as much recently, but I mean, I think a couple of years ago, he was live tweeting the Spelling Bee, and it was fantastic. But anyways, I am digress. The, the situation there um, was, I think we played Missouri State week one, or that might have been week two. But... Clint started and he looked rough in the first couple series. They benched him. Walsh came in and Walsh played a lot better. But um eventually he lost the job when he got hurt and Chelf came back in and he played um he played great down the stretch i mean i think at one point we were ranked in the top five and then uh blake bell ruined my life in bedlam justin gilbert picked that ball
1: off bell dozer
0: um speaking of saunders jalen saunders i hate that man he is the worst he was good um so i think i think that it's going to be i think brown starts like you said because it's gundy and i don't think there's I don't think Gundy's line when he says there's not a clear-cut better player. I know he knows Spencer Sanders has that potential to be special, but I think that it's it's clear that, um, I guess, um, Gundy's going to go with the older guy. I'm very positive of that. If we don't see Drew Brown all taking the first snap, I will be shocked. Um, but... Um, I think it's going to go back and forth for sure. I think that there will be a lot of switch, especially with the non-conference schedule issue plays. Um, both quarterbacks are going to get to play a lot of snaps. It's We're in Corvallis week one. Then I think we play South Dakota at home week two, and then we come to Tulsa. And Tulsa has a good defense this year, actually, is what the reports out of camp, which is very surprising.
1: I but I still think they're a non-threat. They're,
0: they're not a threat, so... Um, those three games are going to be really good to feel out the situation. And then week four or five, we play Texas. So that, that'll that really tell us what the quarterback situation is. But yeah, I think Brown starts, but both take snaps. And we'll learn a lot about what's really going to happen um, I mean, with the quarterback situation.
1: I expect them to switch every drive, if not every other drive. I don't think it. there's, especially in this first game. I don't think there will be a big difference between what you see just because you're just playing a terrible. You're game. playing high school defense. <laughs> Honestly, well, not a high school defense, but, but you know, basically a high school good. defense. So, yeah. I think I think OSU is going to run away with this game. Yeah, OSU will definitely win the game because OSU can't lose the game. One will win. Well, wow. I think. Thank you for that take, sir. That was just hot take. OSU wins the OSU versus OSU game. That's tough. But the Cowboys are gonna. The win orange this one. team. The orange team. The orange. The orange team named OSU wins. Yeah,
0: they're gonna win. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind either. I
1: don't think we're going out on a limb here, but some people could disagree. If I, I would bet millions of dollars if the OSU team wearing orange won the game. That's fair. That's a very fair point. I can't lose money like the guy who bet a grand on Andrew Luck winning the MVP. <laughs> That's this year. fantastic.
0: Um, speaking of terrible bets, I was talking to uh, Mickey in economics class today. He said he bet the under in a preseason game that hit the under. He woke up the next morning, was expecting to see money in his bank account, realized that his fingers were fat, and he hit the over. <laughs> I just thought it was a great story. Uh, just like, wow. Um, so we've addressed this a little bit, but okay. The line is minus fifteen. Um, if OSU doesn't cover,
1: disappointment. Dude, yeah. This OSU, this, is, uh, this defense they're facing is terrible. If you cannot yeah. win by fifteen points, That's, you yeah are we're, terrible.
0: I will be in for a very long year if we don't beat Oregon State by. I I want to win by at least. I will be okay with winning by twenty. I hope to win by thirty. That's what I'm looking at. Um, it I mean, it's not like you have to stop at prolific offense. No, no. Or and face it, our corners defense. are our corners are very experienced. Um, Rodarius Williams is a redshirt junior. AJ Green is a redshirt. See, he AJ Green is probably the best corner in the Big Twelve this year. When you look at the statistics. he is he's very physical and gets a lot of PI calls. But I was looking at some Pro Football Focus or. What pro football talk, one of those things that gives the grades or whatever, and they had AJ Mm. Green as the best cover corner in the big 12. And Mm. I think that there, it's not that there are good cover corners in the big 12, Mm. but
1: he, I think he's going to have a good year. He's, um, he's a good ball hawking corner. But I think you're downgrading Parnell Motley and his ability Par- to get PI calls. If you're saying that uh, Parnell Motley, that AJ Green's get gets PI calls, Parnell Motley could easily
0: be the worst cornerback I've ever seen on a college football field, and I have no problem saying it's not. I don't even feel like I'm exaggerating when I
1: say that he's terrible. I see, I I disagree with you there. I think he's a a, a pretty decent corner. <laughs> The problem is he gets a lot of P.I. calls, but he's a very physical guy. He will get up in your face and make you work for it. But the reason he sucks is his P.I. calls and sometimes they literally blow past him. They're literally every – if he is targeted, I'm making this
0: statistic up. It's probably not true. But I feel like 40% of the time – 40 to 50% of the time is PI if they are going at him. I, I just, it's it's like you see the ball has been thrown and you're like, oh, 11's in coverage. And then you're like, oh, there's some uh, yellow laundry on the turf right now.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was yeah, true. Yeah,
0: it's, it's ridiculous. I can't believe that the University of Oklahoma cannot find another corner. Trey I, Brown. Okay, he's really good. Tulsa kid, we love him. Um, But, um, like... You need three corners. Um, anyways, so let's we digress a little bit, but yeah. If OSU doesn't cover, the season might be over week one. Like, please win by at least twenty.
1: The only thing that could happen is if they got, you know, you put in your third string, your fourth string, and they start throwing pick sixes, and then you're just running the ball out. Well but the likelihood that happens is very low. I don't think I don't think anyone's gonna play but Brown and Sanders,
0: but because the I mean Costello might get in. a Fun fact, Connor Costello follows me on Instagram. I have no idea why, but you know OSU third string kicker Connor, if you're me. listening,
1: plug the podcast. Yeah,
0: Connor, please, if you are listening, plug my podcast. Um. Uh. So yeah, I think uh you know that's a good preview of the week that's to come. Uh, I think obviously the OU Houston game is much more exciting. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. A real game but on that Friday night you know we're gonna get a little bit of the juices flowing it's gonna be interesting and then Saturday we'll get that Oregon Auburn game and um it's it's gonna be a good weekend and Sunday we'll finish it off with OU Houston but let's talk week zero um I know you didn't watch too much of the Miami Florida game because you went on a date and didn't tell me um Let's let's talk about that game. Um, it was a I the way I describe it is it was a glorious display display of terrible football that was perfect to start the season. It was so bad I loved every second. My of
1: it. favorite stat line out of that entire game is Tate Martell getting in the game, getting a single carry for, for a grand minus total two yards. Minus two yards. <laughs> I think that is amazing. I love kings that so much. Stay Kings now. Listen, um, he can we give him a little bit of like a
0: hockey assist? Okay, so on one of Miami's touchdowns, they were in the Wildcat and they pulled Tate Martell in motion from the slot. And uh, I think his last name was Dallas. He was the Wildcat quarterback. He was their second string running back and he pulled the ball and he ran for a touchdown. So I think the defense was a little deceived by Tate. Honestly,
1: they're expecting that, uh, that quarterback wide receiver guy to come, yeah. you know, that double ball. pass or something like in case you can't tell, we are a very, uh, pro
0: Tate Martell podcast. Um, such a, just, we love amazing, the tater top. Amazing, amazing quarterback. Gatorade wide player of the year in high school, national champion with Bishop. Gron- Does it, isn't the irony just hilarious that Dorian Thompson Robinson sat behind Tate Martell while for three years and didn't take any meaningful snaps for bishop gorman played one season and he's the starting quarterback at a power power five school ucla that's i think chip Kelly's going to get him right eventually eventually when and by the time dtr is a junior i think they'll probably be playing in a bowl game they might this year and tate martell is He flipped his commitment like three times, couldn't decide where to go, finally settled on Ohio State. Then Justin Fields announces he's transferring to Ohio State, says, Tate Martell tweets, don't swing and miss, twice. Then he transfers to Miami, and he loses to a freshman. And now he has to play wide receiver, but his backup in high school, while he's winning Gatorade National Player of the Year, is now a starting Power 5 quarterback.
1: Well, I, I I love that. I love it's that. It's just fantastic.
0: It's just his life is a soap opera, and I'm soaking up every minute of Thank it.
1: Thank you, Tate, for making the preseason just that much he, better. He makes offseason college football
0: so much more interesting. When Ju- when Justin Fields followed Tate Martell's sister on Instagram and didn't follow Tate Martell <laughs> when he announced he was transferring
1: to Ohio State. Just Petty Wars. Like, that was fantastic. It's the ultimate power move. That He won the starting job right, right then, then and, there. and there. He was like, I am the alpha. You are the beta. Leave my school. It was fantastic. Um, but I got a fun fact for OU fans. The, the belldozer, he came in as a five-star athlete. No way. He was a five-star? He was a five-star athlete. Just like Tate Martell is. And I could see Tate Martell having that same kind of Blake Bell role. And maybe, you know, he's turned to a receiver. Blake Bell's fighting for that starting job. It's by and Travis Kelsey. Um, maybe Tate Martell does the same thing, you know, he could be good. That's he's a, a great decent, athlete. That's a decent connection there. Uh, I I think
0: it's very possible that Tate has the the kind of similar Blake experience that um uh where he where Trevor Knight got hurt and they needed Blake to stop playing tight end and come in. I don't know if on the depth chart, Tate Martell is still the backup quarterback. Um, He might still be taking snaps at quarterback in practice with the second team, along with taking snaps at receiver. But um, I think that would be really interesting because I have no doubt in my mind Jaron Williams is going to get hurt this year. Miami gave up 10 sacks in that game. He did. It looked rough. He, he was getting abused. Props to that kid, though. He's a football player. He's gonna be really good. We'll get into that in a second. Um, he was an elite eleven guy. So I mean, oh, he, he's not a bad. He's he's, a, a, bad he's a good football player. But um, I definitely think, yeah, injury. I think the injury bug will bite him, and Tate will actually end up taking some snaps, quarterback. And as we've previously stated, we will be here for that. Um, we love Tate Martell. He is fantastic. I will be following him throughout the season. So, so other than Tate Martell being a big takeaway from the Miami-Florida game, I think one thing to definitely talk about is, does Florida suck? Because, like, it kind of
1: looked like it. I think Felipe Frank's a little overhyped. 17 for 27 is not great. Not terrible, not great. Two interceptions. Two picks,
0: and they weren't. One of them was of a deflected pass, Mm -hmm. which was like, okay, Not great. But that pick when it was, I don't know, four minutes left, maybe like four minutes, 30 seconds, and they come out and they run play action. He threw into a zone. There was just three Miami defenders and like a receiver 10 yards downfield. It made no sense what he was doing. And I was a big believer in Felipe Franks down the stretch last year. He played really good. And I thought he was gonna continue that into this season. And obviously it is a week, it's not even week one, it's week zero. Like there's a lot of football left to be played. He's gonna play eleven more games. Um, but they did not look
1: like the number eight team in the country at all. It's either they didn't look like the number eight team or Miami's a lot better than we think they are. And I don't think Miami's that great. I
0: think it's a mix of the two. I think Miami's offensive line is terrible, but I I'm I'm here for the Jaron Williams hype, as we've talked about. He looked really good. Um, I think that, uh, I think that Florida is definitely, you know, I, it makes me, it made me really realize that Georgia is going to run away with the SEC East. Like that Florida was their only real challenger. When you think about it, I mean, like Missouri's okay. Um, Kelly Bryant I think Missouri will be decent with Kelly Bryant but with Florida looking like that I just can't see anyone challenging Georgia like that that's what I really took away from that Florida performance like they're just and their corners looked bad and Florida's corners never
1: look bad they weren't good they didn't the play But tackling well.
0: was terrible terrible tackling um One thing that they talked a lot about in the broadcast, actually. Actually, let's talk about Jerem Williams first. He's a freshman. That was his first meaningful playing time in college football. He played Georgia Southern last year, took a few snaps in that game when Miami kept his red shirt. Um, Do you think him and Manny Diaz can bring the U back? I I think if they get the line right, I kind of like it. I man think he's got good. to
1: figure out some game management skills first. He's got to, he, man. That looked just, just terrible. Figure that out. You're the head coach. You know, you should know what you're doing. He's learning to be the head coach. It's, I think that's a little fair. Like, uh, that was his first game ever being a head coach. You're at Miami. Figure that out. If you want to be good, I, I think you will figure it out. But, yeah, I mean, that was disappointing to watch. But, you know, Miami's historically really good. Maybe they turn back into that convict team be really good. (laughs) Be like uh, Florida Atlantic, maybe.
0: Al Blades' son actually plays on this Miami team. I didn't know that. And that was, you know, gave me that, that feeling, you know, when you would watch the U documentaries and you were like, yeah. Uh, like this is awesome I do think he's bringing a bit of the swagger back to Miami I feel like he wants to establish that and he's doing I think a better job than Mark Richt like he he just I I don't I don't really know what it is I feel like the way he walks the way he carries himself he kind of he has a lot of pride in the U being on his shirt and he he thinks that there's a lot more that goes with that and I think the first step to any college football program establishing themselves on the big stage get the quarterback position right and i think they they've got it. Well, we'll see. We will see. So, something they talked about a lot on the broadcast was actually that there was there's no college football preseason and they were chalking up a lot of the turnover. How there were a lot of turnovers. I mean, Florida fumbled twice, Flipday Franks threw two picks. Um jared miami fumbled two or three times that they recovered but i think they recovered three gave up one yeah it was it was a crap shoot like that was a terrible performance jen williams no picks though that's true he took care of the ball he was really efficient um but they talked about the lack of a college football preseason and chris fowler and herb street were and kirk herb street were calling this game and herb street made a good point that you know the nfl has a preseason and like that's that's everyone knows about that they play four games five if you have the hall of fame game um but the they also have a preseason in high school football. I mean, we just went to our high school's preseason game, and a lot of fun. I mean, it, it was. I. It's not the same thing, obviously, but it's definitely good for knocking out the rust. I. I don't understand actually why there is no college football preseason. I think that's something that they should add. I mean,
1: everyone knows the NCAA just loves to make money. It's I think <laughs> true. if you want to make more money, why not have a preseason? You're going to have people watching. I know I'll watch. And it's good for all the teams. Every team's going to like that. Maybe they won't, you know, maybe they won't like play the entire game with their starters. Obviously, you don't want to get your guys hurt. But all they have is inner squad scrimmages. And that is not good enough to get ready to go. You cannot simulate especially in a game like Florida
0: Miami playing at that neutral side where you don't get this rivalry game very often it, it just the intensity I mean you saw them take the field something that I actually really liked that Tate Martell did before the game they cut to like a little bit of the sideline and you know he was he was excited happy to play the game he was pumped up he was dapping up Jaron Williams like he was like that's my boy like that's that's something you saw from Jalen in that national championship game um, with Tua, and I think that's actually showed a lot of maturity from Martel. But back to the just the intensity of that, you can't simulate it in inner squad scrimmages, and you could not simulate it in uh, a preseason if the call co- if college football were to establish that. But a preseason would be much more intense and much better for knocking out the kinks than inner squad scrimmages. That just it, I think. In a sport where every game there's so much riding on it, like college football, I think it would be, it would be better, you know, if we had, you know, maybe a couple preseason games. Perhaps we did away with week zero mm-hmm. and we started a week earlier, but we had two preseason games. And the NCAA can still make their money. Like people will go to the preseason games. You could schedule marquee matchups and just it doesn't matter if you lose, like you don't have to be afraid. You're just going to go play a good football team and you're going to get better. And I think that it's definitely marketable and it maybe obviously a week zero matchup of Florida, Miami actually counting is very marketable, but I think preseason would be beneficial for college football players, for the teams as a whole. And I think, The NCAA could make money off it. And, you know, that's the only thing that they care about. That is their goal.
1: They are definitely what they want.
0: They definitely are for profit. They love that money. Even though they are not for profit, doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, so I think that it was an interesting idea that popped into my mind when they were talking about that. And I definitely thought we should address it on the podcast. So I think
1: we're in agreement that it would be a good idea. So give me uh, my preseason. I want to see my boys take the field. Yeah, and plus it just gets the juices flowing earlier. Like,
0: I mean, every every football fan, we no matter how many times the Hall of Fame game happens, we will get excited that they're is 22 players on a football field, and there is a brown ball that is spiraling spiraling around. Like, that game is terrible. But I remember we were watching it, and we were like, football is back. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you just, it gets the juices flowing, even if it's terrible football. So the NCAA could definitely market it. I think there's no reason they should not establish a preseason. So, NCAA, if you're listening. Yeah. You know, if you tune into our podcast that we just started and only our friends and their parents listen to, um, feel free to, you know, steal our idea. We will not get mad at you. And while you're at it, pay the players. Pay the players. We want NCAA football back. Please. Uh, That's why we're in the Yang Gang, actually, because... uh, he wants to bring back I want my $48,000 and I want NCAA football. <laughs> he wants to pay the players. Um side note. So, we're going to move on to a new segment that we're going to do every week. We're going to kind of keep track of it. It's going to be our weekly picks. Um we're going to have some guest pickers sometimes, some of our buddies, you know, some people that we think could bring some, you know, interesting hot takes. We have some very delusional uh we have a delusional Texas fan friend and a very delusional Oklahoma student. like to the point where you question if he he's all there upstairs when the the takes he has. Um, I mean, Taylor Cornelius
1: is not going to win the Heisman. Please stop telling me. Like he, Shoop, we love you, buddy. If you're listening, but um, like you
0: make you're the reason OU fans can't take OSU fans seriously because you're just so out there yeah yeah oh, 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 say it louder for the people in the back um so we're going to we're going to pick the OU and OSU games every week um we'll do that we'll give our outright picks and then we'll talk about the spread and maybe the over under um but uh then we'll also talk marquee matchups across the country uh, like, week one, we've obviously got Oregon versus Auburn. Uh, I think other than that, the only game that really interests me is Holy War, but we don't know anything about BYU or Utah, but that'll be a fun game to watch. I'm um, really excited for week two, Texas LSU. Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. That is mm, – both,
1: both teams have stuff they to prove. Let's see who so can They have so much to
0: prove. And I'm here for just the gutsy Joe Burrow they're both like not good quarterbacks when you look at them play, but they just want to put everything on the line for, to win a football game. They, it is going to be awesome. I think that game is going to go down to the wire and it's going to be so exciting, but let's talk this week. Um, let's start it off with, uh, the easy game to pick, um, Oklahoma state versus Oregon state. Uh, we've both already said, uh, pokes outright, obviously, um, you said they have to cover. Do you think they cover the 15 point spread? I think they do. Yeah. I think there's it. no way they don't. Yeah, they have to. There's if if they don't, I will be shocked. Shocked. Um, the over-under for that game is set at 73. Um, Jeez. I think that's that's tough. Um they're, they're they're OSU will probably hang 45 or 50, but that still leaves four scores. For th- three or four scores for for the, beavers, for to the beavers to pick up, and I don't know if they will. Um, as a fan that loves points, and honestly, if the beavers score more, I get to see more. I mean, I don't know. I want to see the defense chum down, but I I think the over will hit. I think it's going to be like fifty what fifty six no fifty
1: two. Like 28, like yeah, 80 points.
0: 24
1: I, point win. I got no clue who we, I know they're going to cover the spread, but I, uh, I, yeah, I don't see Oregon State scoring many points. They'd I probably think 73s, be. that's a lot. That's a lot you got to yeah. worry about. I got the under. I yeah. don't think that, uh, okay. I don't think that, that Oklahoma State's going to have any trouble scoring and as dumb as it is to take the under with the big 12 team playing <laughs> i i got i got
0: i, I like the under. the the starting defense to shut oregon state down but i like that fourth quarter when the scrubs come in that oregon state kind of bumps it up but that's um we'll see that it's it's iffy i think that's a very close one because of how bad oregon state is um oh you houston uh We've both already said that we're going to pick OU outright. The line is OU minus 24 and a half. That is a lot of points. That is a lot of points. Um, I don't... Do you need to... I, I am b- betting Houston all day in this game. I think that if they lose by four touchdowns, I will be shocked. If they could lose by 21 and they still... They could lose by 24 and they will still cover i i think they're i think they win against the spread i think ah i know you want like as a fan for it to be a blow up but think
1: about that defense Stewart. think about how bad it is man i just want guys like jalen redmond and boogie to just show up in this game and come just just hold down Derek king I hope that's how you say his name. Yeah, we really should have just figured that out, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> but I'm really hoping that those guys can figure it out. And Alex Crenge gets it right. So you think? Yeah, oh, you. I, I think. it's possible. I think oh, you it's know, possible. We hang, but maybe like fifty-six points, and they only score like thirty points, roughly. I think it's doable. Okay. Okay. I.
0: I, I understand where you're coming from. I. I'm still, I'm on Houston, I'm on a Houston beating the spread. Now, this, over-under. Do I have the over it, with OU and Bear King? Yeah, yeah, all over, all day. If you bet the under, I don't know what you're doing. I, I'm skeptical to say anything is free money, obviously, but, um, like, I could look like a fool when we record our, our week two preview and week one review, but, um, 83... Like, come on. Give so me a break. High. Give me a break. That, that, That is all day that's going to hit. You're that's talking gonna about hit. OU. And There's about- Houston. There's no way they score less than 83 points in my mind. It's going to be just up and It's going to be a track meet, like, up and down the field over and over again. It's going to be insane.
1: Like, 83. Uh, you 83? can make so much money off this game. <laughs> what do you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: we say that. Um, but we could be very we wrong. could be very wrong obviously hindsight's 2020 20. We'll pro we might be making so much fun of ourselves for being delusional but yeah um I'm definitely taking the over in that one and looks like so are you yeah so now let's talk the big one this week Oregon Auburn definitely probably the game I'm most looking forward to even though like our teams are I'm more excited to watch Oregon versus Auburn because it's going to be real like smash mouth football like let's see what we got you're gonna get I'm really intrigued by the quarterback matchup in this one you know because Oregon's got Justin Herbert and everyone knows him or two is gonna go be the first quarterback off the board next year everyone knows that um he had a little bit of a down year last year but I think he's gonna bounce back Auburn's quarterback situation very interesting Bo Nix Bo Nix Elite 11 guy. He's he's a special talent. And got a good arm. I'm ready.
1: He's true freshman. I'm ready to see what I he's got. I am happy to see Bonix play. This is the first time since our boys returning from World War II that a true freshman is starting at Auburn. That's like, insane, actually. It like, has been a long time since they've had man. a young guy, like a, a guy this young, Take uh, under center for the first nap of the game. That's insane. Um, I'm excited to see all this. It's going to be go so Mays. interesting.
0: Um, I think Auburn is a little overhyped. They're ranked 16th. Um, I don't know if in my heart I believe they're that good, but Auburn is always good. That That's something you have to take into account. And, you know, a lot um, – a lot of people can be like, well, he's a true freshman. he's playing a good Oregon defense like what's gonna what's he gonna do? I'm I think honestly, I think bonix is gonna play well. I think he's just got a lot of talent and he's I obviously I'm basing this off of watching the elite eleven YouTube series, but I think he's just a loose guy and he's gonna come out slinging it and it's gonna be a fun game to watch and you're gonna get a very good quarterback
1: battle. I don't think that. That Oregon's that great. I don't think they're that great. I like I like Oregon. I think they're going to be really good in the Pac-12. But they're only good in the Pac-12. You're facing a solid SEC team. Their defense is good. You know Are that they didn't, you know, when you can't put, We can only put up seven points. against Michigan State's defense, I think he got problems. <laughs> You're going against Auburn now. Auburn's a good team with a good defense. Good luck, Justin Herbert. I like you. I hope you the best. But if you want to be in the Heisman running at all, you have to be the lights out. He's got to ball out this game. This is a... Oregon plays
0: a good schedule this year um, with uh, with having Auburn uh, in their non-conference and they still get to play Washington and Stanford. Like, they play a decent schedule. He's going to have a few moments if he does end up being a Heisman contender that he could shine in the spotlight. But I think one thing about Oregon that I love, their offensive line is so experienced they have a lot of returning starters there and they are going to be able to protect Justin Herbert even though that Auburn defense you know is going to be good um i i think it's a it's a neutral site game i think if Oregon's going to Auburn and they got to go into uh Jordan Hare um, I think it's a different story, but the fact that it's neutral site and I think Oregon just has more talent, um, I think that bodes well for the Ducks. So, yes. all right, yes. I have, I have Oregon outright, and the line is Auburn three and a half. So I'm taking my three and a half points, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna win outright.
1: Mm, I got Auburn. You do? Do you think they? Do you think it's? I mean, they cover. Do you think they? Okay, um, um, they're not hitting. The, they're not hitting. The, they're. I'm taking the under. Really? Like are you for 55. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like a 24 um 17,
0: kind of like the final score of the Miami-Florida game was 24-20, kind of in that area, maybe, maybe 28-24. Um, that's gonna be a low scoring game. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of fireworks, but I think it's gonna be interesting. You're gonna get some big quarterback play, but I think you're gonna get some big play from the defense, too. Um so. Yeah, that's our uh, week one preview. It, it's a, it's exciting. It's back. We're, it's here. It's football season. It's the best season. I'm so ready. The boys um, are back in town. Let's go sooner. I'm so excited. Um, that game is gonna be fun. We're gonna be at it. Um, just, it's here. We're ready. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Sweet.